Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. What's going on? What's going on, J-Rod Concerts family? How is everybody doing today? Hi, this is Jamie Rodriguez, your host of J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. This in every episode, and uh, sorry again about the singing. Sometimes it just pours out of me, and I, I am here, I'm hurting your eardrums, so much apologies there. But guys, um, you know, as we know, festival season is in full spring now, pun intended, and we started off with a bang because we came back from Boulder, Colorado, beautiful Boulder, Colorado, a really unique festival called Bluebird Music Festival, uh, which we were honored to cover. So thank you to the um, Future Arts Foundation for inviting us over. So this beautiful uh, episode is a recap of it. We talked to a bunch of the artists that were there, including the Lone Bellow. Uh, which are a great, great, obviously, band. Their origin is from New York City. So we sat with Zach Williams, Kenin Donaghy, and Brian Elmquist. We chat with them. We talked to uh, Scott T. Smith, an up-and-coming artist that just uh, left people jaws on the floor at the festival. We talked to uh, Emilise, up-and-coming artist. She is uh, she's really wonderful. Her voice and, and her charisma is really, really great. And we, of course, talked as well to Vedouin, a fascinating character, uh, her name is Asnif, her real name, uh, Bedouin is her stage name. She's a Syrian-American musician. She has lived in a number of cities and countries, and her story is quite unique. So we talk about that with her. Also, we sit down with Cole Shaifu, a really, really great singer-songwriter. And last but not least, Travis Albright, the uh, founder of uh, the wonderful Future Arts Foundation that gives back to the community through this festival. So... Thank you so much uh, for having us over, first of all, Travis. And uh, guys, you really want to check this out, this festival, because it takes place in a gorgeous auditorium called the Mackey Auditorium, which is uh, quite a gem. And uh, you guys will love it. Uh, check out more information at uh, fafcolorado.org about the, the foundation and bluebirdmusicfestival.org for the 2023 edition. So let's jump straight to it, guys. Let's go to the interviews for uh, the Bluebird Music Festival episode of J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Well, how are you? Is that how she call you? Can Asneev, call you? yeah. Can I call you like that? Yeah, of course. You can call me that or you can call me Oz. Oz. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So we are talking uh, backstage at the Bluebird Music Festival in, in Colorado. Mm-hmm. You just got here from uh, from a long flight. so Chicago, yeah. Not yeah. too bad. I know. But traveling is such a headache. It is early. It was, I will say that, yeah. So thank you so much for your time. We oh, thanks. It. Yeah. So, you know, let me first ask you this. I have so many questions because I loved your album, the one that came out in October. Oh, yeah, it's thank so, you. so good, so good. Um, let me ask you about the wave. Mm-hmm. Do you find that these waves of grief, you know, with time, with months, do they get, like, less frequent? Do you think that they, or, or, or is it just, like, constant? Well, I think it depends on what you're doing with that wave, you know? <laughs> I think it, it, it there's a big difference, um, between someone who is practicing to accept that feeling versus yeah. someone who's fighting the feeling, 
continuously. I feel that I make a lot more progress when I try to become more familiar with yeah. feelings like that, like grief. Um, and, uh, and in a way, it does get easier. It's not like it hurts less, it's just less aggravation happening right. or something, yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. And uh, this was, of course, about one of your best friends, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you've talked about it enough. Mm -hmm. um, on a lighter note, I, I always found fascinating in your story, you know, when you were growing up, that like MTV had a huge impact on you. <laughs> yeah. What are like some like, you know, some memories, like some videos or something that like you remember just like sparking I have showing you? distinct memories of getting up or like get, getting ready for school quickly so that I could have a, a few minutes in front of the TV. Um, with this handheld tape recorder that I yeah. would I would keep on me, and I would just like record a few songs with that okay. on in front of the TV. Yeah. Uh, and then I would hold on to it so that my friend and I we could play it back on re in recess while we walked around the soccer field. Nice. Um, so things like that I would do. Do you remember what you recorded? Like one. I mean, I definitely Nirvana. Okay. You know, was was in heavy rotation. Um, I don't know. I I loved, I. Yeah, I I, I loved Boys to Men. <laughs> they were hot in the nineties. Yeah, I mean, I I still love that record, and um, and uh, I was becoming familiar with Mariah Carey's Music Box. It, it's kind mm, of a mixed bag. No, that's a lot of. Well, your music is super complex, so I get it. Oh, Makes thank sense. you. Yeah. Well, listen, I know you. I know you're in a time crunch, so so let me leave you with this. Mm -hmm. Does it? This festival, uh, you know, it's it's like a it's like a great uh, it has a great uh, component to it. The, the profits go to musical education, to Colorado schools and, and instruments, mm -hmm. to the people that their houses were burned. But it's all about the music. Do you, as an artist, like like does it make a difference when it's you know a corporate festival, you know, presented by X Bank mm -hmm. versus like something that has like an intention to it and direct impact in the community? Mm, that's a good question. I feel like that's a bonus when you can do good like that but you know when you're on stage me personally I just feel like you just have to put your best foot forward because mm. ultimately like whether it's one person or like a, a packed house yeah that that person's having r receiving the same thing right yeah. so like you should as an artist just try to have a really honest I don't know uh display of of your music. Yeah, like the stage is a stage. Regardless yeah, of yeah, because no matter who's sponsored, like the person is not in the audience because of the sponsorship. They're there because who's on stage. So ultimately, I think you, you want to just do your best, you know, and that, that can vary and that's fine, I think. But as long as the intention is there, I think that's like genuine. Travis Albright. Yes, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? We're standing on stage at the Mackey Auditorium 2022 edition of the Bluebird Music Festival. Yes. So I'm always curious about this. This is your, one of your babies. When something like all the hard work that you've put in for months, years, years. weeks, sleepless nights, mm -hmm. like we're here, the event is here, people are lining up outside the doors. Like what, what goes through your head? What's going on through your head right now? Um, a lot of pride that my team has had so much perseverance over the past yeah. couple of years because um, the festival started off wonderfully the first two years, sold out, had full houses, 
COVID struck and we had to cancel the event in 2020. Right. And then last year we actually still had to push it back because the Delta variant was so bad. We pushed it from April back to September last year. Right. Um, so now we're back to our original weekend. It's actually only been seven months now since we yeah. had this festival because yeah. now that we're back to the original weekend. But just a lot of pride and a lot of gratefulness to our patrons yeah. for being patient with us. I mean, everybody's had to be patient with everybody the past couple of years. But Absolutely. to disappear and to come back strong like this means a lot. Absolutely. Travis, and of course, you, you know, this is for the Future Arts Foundation, which is such a beautiful foundation. And I want to ask you, you know, about the unique challenges of this year in a minute with the foundation. but. Uh, just give me the bullets really important of like how this was born in your life because it's it's your passion project music and giving back it's such a beautiful thing yeah so I have a background in putting on um, events in Colorado music yeah. festivals but then I went to graduate school at CU Boulder for education so really I just tied my two loves together yeah to form this foundation but when I was in student teaching when I was in grad school I was seeing a lot of teachers mainly arts and music teachers yeah who had their budgets cut, their arts budgets cut, and were paying sure. out of pocket for a lot of these programs that they had to have in their classes. These teachers are only making forty-five, dollars $50,000 a year, which in this area is not much. Yeah. Um, so the fact that they cared so much they were still paying out of their pockets really struck a chord with me, and that's why the foundation was started, to, to kind of help them on their budgets. What a that. beautiful thing you're doing. And this particular year, December 31st, you know, the Marshall fires. Um, what were you doing or when did you realize that these fires were going to have a significant impact on, on the community that you that you live with? It was that evening. Um, I was actually in Boulder when the fire started. I remember looking over my shoulder and seeing the fire started. The winds were so bad. I was supposed to go to a meeting in Boulder and there were yeah. trees falling on my car, like branches. So I turned around, went back to Lafayette, which I live in the next town over. Yeah. yeah. Got on the news to see what was going on. And I mean, this it, it was so windy that day that everything happened so rapidly. Yeah that by that evening there were so many different foundations kind of stepping up to help out whether it was like obviously insurance companies were getting involved trying to help out the families but local nonprofits trying to help out with shoes and getting animals out of places and helping out with places to stay i was like well i lived i've been living here for 17 years now in boulder sure. county like what can we do to help out or what can i do to help out and a light bulb went off i'm like we have the infrastructure for this already let's Perfect. help out with the instruments um so at that point, I sent out an email saying, listen, everyone, people are losing their homes and in their homes, they have lots of great instruments. And this is therapy for people. Not only do they need this therapy in their regular life, right. but when they go through a tragedy, they need it more than ever. Right. So let's try to replace these instruments for these people. I told everybody I was going to drive to all their homes and pick them up and then right. place them. I mean, I was so overwhelmed within an hour. I was having 120 emails of people who wanted to donate. Um, news organizations picked it up, started coming over to my house and talking to me about it. So um, at that point, I sent another email blast out, <laughs> social media blast out saying, okay, well, I'm not gonna be able to pick them all up, but come to my house this Sunday from 10 till five. Yeah. I'll give you a pair of tickets for the Bluebird Music Festival. Right. If you donate an instrument and then we'll place them with a the fire victim and we placed over 500. 500, unbelievable. Yeah. Congratulations, that's a great accomplishment yeah. for the community. For sure. So, okay, moving on to more positive news. What a lineup that you put this year, Travis. I mean, of course, you know, up and up and coming artists like you know uh, Scott Smith that we were just seeing in, in Soundcheck and Lombello, who are well established now, and friends of our show like uh, Lancorn Slim and Margot Price. Waxahachi is going to be here, man! Wow, yep. what a lineup! Yep, um, it's 
a few of the people we've been trying to get for a couple of years now. Sure. Um, and it just so lined up Colin Malloy, who is going to be headlining tonight. Right. He was actually booked for that 2020 event that was canceled. Mm. So we got him to finally come back. And then it's it's a lot of the musicians that I personally love. Yeah. Um, Langhorn Slim, this will be the third year he's played here. We've only had four of these. So he's been here all but one year. <laughs> Um, so I'm just really looking forward to it. We try to make it like a family vibe, so we yeah. get a lot of musicians who know each other as well, so right. it has that kind of vibe backstage. Yeah. And hopefully that'll mean some sit-ins up here on the stage as well. Oh, of course it will. So, fingers yeah. crossed. We'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. Well, Travis, I mean, you've said it all. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, one of the most really socially impactful festivals that I think are in North America today, and it's an honor to be here. Thank you, sir. Thank You started in South Florida, is this? Is I did, you? yeah. I was living on Flag Flagler? <laughs> Flagler Drive in West Palm. Okay. I was working for this wonderful, crazy family. Yeah. Uh, I was working on their boat and going to school. And I started playing shows. My first show was at Dada's, which was a little okay. place in a town Boca named Raton, after maybe? the mouth of the rat. Yeah, Boca yeah. Raton. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, and then I played the Orange Door a lot, and then I think Respectables was the name of the venue that I would play in West Palm all the time. It's <laughs> yeah. a hilarious name. Okay, so you have yeah. some history there. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. And um, yeah, there was a lot of like, not emo stuff, but like, it was back when Dashboard Confessional was like gigantic. Sure. And then his best friend, John, whatever, just got shows because he was his best friend. Okay. Um, and yeah, so I was there for doing that for about two years and then moved to New York. So there you go. Right after that. So who would have thought? Uh, there you yeah. Go. I know you're American champions. I love it. Um, <laughs> so, Kenny, let me ask you this. Um, you guys on stage, I mean, you guys just rocked, by the way, the Blue Red Music Festival. Congratulations. Thank you. And you're going to rock it again tonight. Uh, but let me ask you about the story that you told on stage, you know, uh, about, um, you know, recording in the house next to Johnny Cash's. Oh, yeah. I, I thought that was really, really, really cool. First of all, like, how do you get a house like that? Like, is it on Zillow? Like, how do you do it? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, the Zestimate was the pretty low. The Zestimate was like, yeah. Um, these guys found it. That's you guys funny. were both eyeing it at the same time through different... Yeah. I, I uh, was enamored by this builder uh, called Braxton Dixon that built yeah. all these houses back in the 60s, 70s, and 90s. Yeah. He built 55 houses from the age of 14 to the age of 93, all in the Nashville area. Yeah. Whenever, whenever he built a house, he'd tear down like he'd go on a road trip, tear down barns and stuff, and build the house out of those yeah. material, which is why some. <laughs> we'll let it out. Yeah. So. so um, <laughs> This was Roy Orbison's pool house. Okay. Um, so there's two houses that burned down. A lot of his houses have burned down. <laughs> this guy that yeah. made them. Um, what was his name? Tammy Wynette. Braxton Dixon. Braxton Dixon was yeah. his name. But um, we were in the basically, of iniquity. basically while we were trying to figure it out, what we found out is um, millionaires collect Roy Orbison guitars and uh -huh. billionaires collect Roy Orbison houses. Roy Orbison houses. Gotcha. So, um, so we like cold called. Levels. We cold called this guy in Chicago, in Chicago yeah. that owned it. Just asked if we could have it, and he gave it to us for, eight weeks. for six weeks, eight weeks. Yeah. Made it a studio. It. We don't own it. We did. Well, we didn't have to rent it. We like. How was the energy there? It, it was strong, strong, ghostly. Yeah. Energy. 
Yeah. You can tell there's been a lot of parties. I believe that. It was pretty awesome. Um, we turned into a studio and yeah, it was like three records made there in like eight weeks. So it was, it was like awesome. It was, it's right on the water. Yeah. Um, it was really inspiring. That's great, man. That's great. On a more serious note, you talked about you know some of your colleagues that um have succumbed to depression a little bit and you know late, late, not 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 long ago you know Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters mm -hmm. passed and, and all this stuff. Um, do you think that post-pandemic there's been like like better like mental health tools for artists? I feel like like that's the case, but I'm not a musician. Like mm -hmm. like what do you guys think? I think there's maybe more of an openness to yeah. talking about it. I okay. think there's less of a stigma. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people are still very slowly coming out of a, a very depressed state. Sure. But I do think there are a lot of great organizations in place for artists to to help people yeah. who are struggling. It is. It's, it's nice because the stigma has dropped a little bit, but it's still there. It's, yeah. still, strong. it's still strong, and um, and it's and it's and it's important just to like like if you went through the pandemic and did and can't say that you went through a little bout of depression, you aren't you aren't being true to yourself. Absolutely. So I mean, it's a big. I think it's a big thing throughout the country, and I feel like if if we could, you know talk more about it more people would get help or like even just like be there for people because not everybody needs to go to six months therapy or intensive yeah. or anything yeah. like that but yeah. yeah absolutely well guys i know you guys are busy you guys have a busy afternoon let me exactly you with this the new nashville versus the old nashville you've been in nashville mm -hmm. enough now and you know people some places are closing like you know canary ballroom mm -hmm. and, and some people are you know saying oh man like the old nashville's gone what are we gonna do but at the same time like the economy is moving I don't know, like, where do you fall on this spectrum? Is it killing creativity? Like, where do we stand? No, it's definitely not killing creativity. Um, I mean, it might, it's moving people to other parts of the city, yeah. for sure. But in my opinion, it's like, it's a beautiful, thriving energy there right now. Yeah. I wish we were, like, in the government, because, like, they have money. They could, like, set a side exit in. They could say this is a historic place. Uh, yeah. It's really not in our hands, but I can tell you right now, like I think Nashville is the most creative city in America. Yeah, and it's and it's beautiful, and yeah, it already had the bedrock. Great, great yeah, stuff. It, they already the, the river has already been flowing for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's just like more people go into it. You know Absolutely. what I mean. Scott Smith. Nice to meet you, brother. It's great to finally meet yeah. you in person. Yeah. You are one of the most bust about artists, <laughs> far and wide. You <laughs> know, from Louisville, Nashville, and uh, we come yeah. to find you here in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. Well, I, I, from what I understand, I'm hard to find. That's probably is that is that it's just buzz and absolutely, <laughs> man, no absolutely. Yeah. So, so, man, first of all, let me start by telling you this. Um, you know, how does it feel to be back? You know, on the stages for uh, for festivals that have meaning like this, right? Yeah, that's extra important for you. Well, for me, I think it's important that I, I start with saying that this is how I'm starting my career. Yeah. You know, I'm really lucky. At first, it seemed like a punishment. I released my debut 2020, project in early 2020. 2020 yeah. yeah, and it was January 20th, I believe. And then, you know, very quickly in February, the opportunity to tour that investment because that was a personal life savings. I was five years, right? Yeah. Was it five years? Yeah. Yeah, I was working yeah. towards that. Uh, I was working as a brick mason yeah. and as a brewer and I had all different types of jobs in between, yeah. all seemingly at the same time to make that happen. And it's one of those things where that felt like a slight, you know, 
this investment that I just put out. I couldn't tour it. I couldn't see it to its its potential. But when I sit and I think about being able to start my career at festivals like Bluebird Music yeah. Festival and getting to work with people that are trying to do sustainable entertainment, sure, that means so much more to me. Investing in careers of those who really are either the next generation, like Emily's, yeah, of singers, songwriters, or people who I admire, like Margot Price and Langhorne Slim, yeah, Alone Bello, yeah. These, this is like this specific festival is a moment for us all to be peers yeah and have uh, potential for collaboration even absolutely know? so I'm, i think there's going to be magic here, here for yeah, sure i couldn't be happier to be absolutely here. man and that uh, you know let me ask you this because yeah. since since you brought up the album and the timing you're going to yeah. play by south by southwest all that stuff yeah um what was what was like your why that that that, that kept you pushing yeah you know in why? the moments of doubt because you know every time so there was a moment during COVID. i went back to building i uh, yeah. I started um, building someone's house, uh, their dream home with them. And I yeah. just went and tucked away and was only building every day. And I, I legitimately thought to myself, I should probably just walk away from music. I should just get really good at this, yeah. using my hands every day. It makes me happy. Yeah. It makes me feel mentally healthy. These things, you know? Right. And I kept getting calls during COVID. And then whenever I would ask them why, it wasn't so much as my why, it was their why. They said, if there's anybody that we thought could make someone feel present or make someone feel comfortable during this time, even over a video or a live stream, we thought you could do that. Amazing. And I just kept getting this direct reflection back. Yeah. Something that I couldn't even see. It's your purpose. It was my purpose. I love it. That kept compounding to the point where somebody looked at me and said, if you can build a career a music career during COVID, then you really just need yeah. not to stop. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that, And I man. think about that all the time whenever I hit these brick walls because it's like I was just talking to Travis, you know, the yeah. founder of Bluebird Music Festival. Yeah. Like, it's not just one break. It's many breaks. Absolutely. It's the, it's the consistency the of consistency. your character, of your performance. Absolutely. And also of your kindness. Yeah. <laughs> like, Absolutely, man. The talent, man. We live in a talented age. Yeah. There's a lot of talented people. Absolutely. But I'm thankful to be amongst peers today that seem like they are way more. And we're thankful to be here with you and to see you create some magic, which you will. Man, and uh, we look forward to, you know, speaking with you later at a more in depth, man. Absolutely. But for now, man, just glad we connected and glad we're here at the Bluebird Music Festival in Boulder, Colorado. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. Emilise. Nice to meet you. Look at you. Oh, thank you. I mean, you. I'm the coolest person here in the Mackey Auditorium, oh, I think. Well, thank you. You know? I mean, right next to you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And we're here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. And yes. First of all, we were listening. I was telling you off camera that I was listening to your stuff earlier. Yeah. Uh, and I was just mesmerized by your songwriting, your voice. Oh, well, thank like, you. Like, so really excited to see you. Thank you. Uh, what does it feel to be, first of all, in a festival that has like a mission behind yeah. it? Like, it's kind of like more meaningful, right? Right. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. This place is very cool. Um, and yeah, we've done a lot of work with um, the FAF um, yeah. and they've done so much work with um, the wildfires and right. um, 
getting kids instruments, which I think is very important. Right. And I think it's just an amazing cause and I'm very happy to be a part of it. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you hold your own. You're amazing. But yes. tell me a little bit about like the bill that you're going to share with. I mean, there's people. I know. Oh friends my of our gosh. show like Margot Price and Langhorn. Yes. And, uh, and just so many, you know, Lombelow and, you know. So many what amazing a lineup. people. Like, how, like, does that, I mean, I'm not an artist, but. I think I would get nervous, but maybe, <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe not for you. Maybe you get inspired. Like how do you? Yeah. Well, I've been a big fan of Margot Price since I was little, little, and little yes, little <laughs> Emilys. Yeah. And so this is very, very exciting that I get to perform on the same stage. Um, Langhorn, Lone Bellow, everybody, Scott. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Amazing people. I'm very excited. It's cool. It's gonna be a great show. Cole. How's it going? Michael. Hey. You guys just played an amazing set here in the Bluebird Music Festival to kick it off. Thank you. Thank you. You know, people were really mesmerized from the beginning. Normally it takes people like a little bit to like gear up, but I, it felt like the room was in complete silence by the, by the first song. And how do you guys feel out there? That's cool. I had fun, man. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a blast. Awesome. Yeah. Vibes were alive, man. It was yeah. great. Awesome. By the way, called The Hideaways. It's been out since July. Yeah. How do you feel now that it's been out almost a year, man? How do you, how do you, how are you feeling? I mean, it's crazy. I, I love that record so much and I'm really proud of it, but yeah. I'm in this different phase of writing new songs that feel more and more like me. So I've been really like wanting to play those songs out as much as possible. And you know, like it, that record, as, although it's like kind of new, it's, it feels somewhat old to me already. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's in a weird, in a weird way. Because when you wrote those songs, it was like what, four years ago, right? Already? I wrote a, a lot of them like were a long time ago. Yeah. yeah I was at school like studying music and I probably wrote some of them like four or five years ago now. So yeah, yeah it feels like an old record to me, even though it's like kind of new, yeah. but I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super proud of it and I love it. I'm just, uh, I feel like I'm ready to, to move on to the next thing creatively. Perfect, man. Yeah. Michael, I noticed that like you knew Ron, Cole's cues. Don't worry about it. Cole's cues like, before, before they even happened. It's almost like you guys were like the E Street Band or something. You know, it was, like, <laughs> like, it was pretty, pretty cool to see. Um, when, did, when did you realize, you know, with Cole that you guys had like a real, you know, uh, connection, creative connection, that it could be more than a co-writing, that it could be something like serious? I mean, I, I was drawn to Cole and his songs the, the very first time I heard yeah. him in uh, the studio when we played, I think, together for that yeah, first time yeah. on, that, on the record, The Hideaways. Um, and I mean, I was just telling Cole right here this work before we played, his, he's a very, very unique, special songwriter. His songs are very meaningful and very deep, uh, mean a lot to a lot of different people. And so it's honestly, it's really easy to serve a player like Cole and a writer like Cole because the songs flow so beautifully. Yeah. Connect so easily. Yeah. Right on. Thanks, dude. Yeah. There you go. There you go, man. Well, listen, guys. This is a very like, you know, this is not the in-depth normal podcast that we do. We, you're more than welcome to come on at any time. Yeah. So this will sure. be all for now. This is like a like a festival episode, but we're so grateful that we got to see you guys perform and and connect and yeah, man, and see what you guys do with your magic. Thanks, Thanks man. Bro. Thanks for having Thank us. You. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, man. You've been listening to J Rod Concerts the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.